when you really have encountered, things change. Victory is mine before my eyes can see. You need a new birth experience. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. Set apart to God. Direct access. No, everybody to Breaking Through with James Levesque. I'm Pastor James Levesque, your host today. And like I say every episode, I believe with all my heart, today is your day for a breakthrough. We're going to talk today about one of my favorite subjects. I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about the power of stretching your faith. You know, I believe we're in some crazy times right now in this, in this nation and if there's anything I believe, you know, people are like, wow, is this time to invest in the stock market? Is this time to do what with my money? It, is, it doesn't matter to me, ladies and gentlemen, because I believe that faith is going to be the most valuable commodity on the earth in the end times. It's not going to be silver and gold. Actually, there's scriptures that say you're going to throw those into the streets one day. It's going to be faith. This nation and the nations of the world, they're looking for faith. God has ignited in us a hope, a glorious hope that our faith can be stretched. I was thinking today about uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15. Uh, it says, look, I'm not boasting of the things beyond measure. That is in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, will be greatly enlarged by our sphere. As your faith is increased. That word, as many of us have, you know, known from Smith Wigglesworth, means ever-increasing faith. Have you ever been to the gym? Look, true confessions, I'm trying to get healthier. I've been losing a little bit of weight. I'm trying to get back in the gym. There was a day, it didn't matter how much I weighed, I liked the gym. I liked moving weights around and being strong, but recently I had to go back to the gym after not being in it for a long time. I got to tell you, it was challenging. There was a day, I, look, I'm not the strongest guy on earth, but I'll tell you there's a day that if I went to the gym and I wanted to work out my biceps, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not the strongest, but I might grab a 30-pound dumbbell, right, just to like build my muscle. Maybe I'll go up to 40 I went to the gym recently. Oh my goodness, friends. I had to, I tried to grab a 30 pound. I'm not sure I could have lifted it with two hands. I had to go to like the, I was like embarrassed, all these big muscle dudes. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I had like a five pound, then a 10 pound. Friends, I had to build my muscle up. It wasn't, it didn't come easy for me because I hadn't worked that muscle in a while. You know, faith is a muscle. Faith needs to be increased. And as you build the muscle and as you use it, you get stronger. And some of you, it's been a while since you've activated the muscle of faith. And so I'm telling you today, if you don't use it, you do lose it. 
it gets a little uh, flabby, if you know what I mean. It's time for you to end the flabby faith. Come on, somebody. Look, because here's the deal. We, let's be honest, we love comfort. We love comfort. We love the idea of being comfortable. I don't know, somehow we've like tricked ourselves into thinking, you know, if I'm comfortable, then I'm okay. Man, that's a lie. Truthfully, when I see persecution come and, and stuff happens all around you, it actually tells me that it's a sign you're doing the right thing. If everything's great and everybody's agreeing with you and there's no turbulence, I'd be concerned what plane you're on. Comfort is dangerous. Comfort will be a cancer to faith because we are addicted to comfort, but the reality is if you're going to walk on water or shape this world for God, you got to be comfortable in being uncomfortable. We've got to be okay at any given moment to sit in a place and realize, guess what? It's a little rocky, but we're going to change the world. Hallelujah. Come on. Guess what? It's a little wild. I remember we went to Israel and we felt like the Lord wanted us to go into Jordan. It's pretty intense, especially with all the conflict going on. And it was like, you know, my family and I. Now, we knew nobody brought their kids over to Jordan. Nobody brought their kids into the West Bank and did these things. I knew God called us. And I remember walking with my family, and it's this scary, long walk, like barbed wire fence, everybody with guns, and I'm just walking with my family. And people after us say, how could you do something like that? Because God told me to. I'm not, look. I remember one time we lived in, uh, in the inner city, where our churches are, and it was rough. I mean, we lived on an area called Bank Street. My mother wouldn't even visit me. My aunt thinks to this day there's prostitutes everywhere. It wasn't that bad. We actually had a nice little apartment, but it was in right in the inner city. I had a couple friends. I mean, look, I had a, a wedding ring that was very expensive, get stolen. I had uh, people that come to my house at night and walk out, get held up at gunpoint. People were murdered across or shot at across the street and robbed. And I'd have people over the years go, oh, Pastor James, you need to be, you need to take care of your family, and I'm concerned for your safety, and, you know, what if something bad happens to you? And I'm like, look, the bottom line is, let me tell you about safety. You know what safety is? Safety is being in the midst of God's will. Come on. You, I, listen, you know what I'm scared of? I'm like, dude, I'm scared of living anywhere outside of the will of the God. Come on, somebody. You could take my whole family in a padded room and put us in a field. I'd be concerned if God didn't call me there. But because I know that I was in the center of God's will, was it a bit uncomfortable? Yeah. But did I feel peace and safety and did God protect my family? Also, yeah. And so we've got to break out of this understanding because, you know, we've got to get bold. Faith is not, there's so few expressions of faith on the earth today. You know, like, where are the men and women of faith that teach his word, stand on his word, see mighty signs and wonders? I remember when I first got saved, I went down to, we witness all the time and pray. I remember going down to a fishing pier. And one time we were at a fishing pier and somebody was fishing and we walked up to share our faith with them and pray for people. And I saw a guy, his arm was hidden in his jacket. I didn't think nothing of it. My mom has, her hands are crippled and she always kind of hides them in public. So the first thing I thought was, he was hiding his hands in public. And I said to him, hey, Poppy, where's your, aunt, where's your hand? And he pulled his arm back and it was withered, literally withered up in his, in his chest. 
and he said that he got cut. He grew up in Puerto Rico, and he said a machete. I think he was trying to get like a coconut out of a tree or something legit. And he said he got cut with the machete, and his arm immediately withered, and it never grew back. So I'm standing there with him, and I'm like, look, like, can I pray for you? We've seen God do miracles. We believe the Lord wants to heal you. And look, I've asked thousands of people on the streets this question. Only one time did anyone say no. And that was because he wanted to be sick because he wanted his disability check. I kid you not, the guy was crazy. So out of all the people, like, what do you got to lose but your sickness? Unless you want government money, which was even twisted her. And that's a word I just made up. But look, I said to him, we're going to pray for you. And I believe God wants to touch you. And I'll never forget, I went to lay hands on him. And when I went to pray for him, it was unbelievable. Everybody started crowding around me. I felt so self-conscious. I felt so insecure. And it was like, oh, no. And I was like, Father, uh, uh, Lord, Lord God, I just pray for his healing. And Lord God, amen, amen. How you feel? Oh, man, okay, I'll keep praying for you. And I walked away. I realized the lesson, faith can't grow in insecurity. And as I walked away, it was so wild. The Lord comes to me and he goes, I'm walking with my friends. And they're like, they're patting me on the back because I went for it. Nothing happened. The guy's still sick. And the Lord said to me, I want you to go pray for him. I'm like, you want me to pray for him? I just did. And God said, no, I want you to go pray a prayer of faith. That was a prayer of fear. You were insecure. You were focused on everybody around you. I want you to go back and pray for him. And I want you to pray a prayer of faith. Couldn't believe it. And to be honest, I was a new believer. I was kind of arguing with God. And I just said, look, if you want to go heal him, I gave you an opportunity. You go try to touch him yourself. And God said, I just did. I said, all right, I'm going to go back. And I said to my friends, look, you're not going to understand what I'm about to do, but I need to go back and pray for him. I got scared. I went to pray. Everybody came around. I got nervous. But the truth is, if Jesus Christ laid hands on him, his arm would be healed. And I went back to him. I remember I was on the pier. And I went up to him. I said, look, I'm so sorry. I got to be honest with you. I'm a Christian. Jesus Christ has all power. When I went to pray for you, all these people came around. I got nervous. Can I just pray for you again, please? Because I believe if Jesus Christ was here today and he laid hands on you, you would be absolutely healed and you would never be the same again. He said, yes. Now, please, now you can give me a megaphone. I didn't care. Everybody come around. I, I had no fear at this point. I'm done. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith and I'm, nothing's going to hold me back. And I remember laying hands on Father, in the name of Jesus, I curse this accident. You know, I'm just praying and praying. And finally, I like reached and grabbed his little arm nub and I was like, Father, I command this arm to grow out now in the name of Jesus. Man, that arm pulled out. He screamed. I got so nervous. I'm like, oh, no, did I hurt him? And all of a sudden, he jumped up with joy, praising God, and his arm was fully healed. His literally a creative miracle. His arm grew out. I saw this. So did my friend, right before my eyes. That's how powerful God is. And it's so funny because we went into his house and led a Bible study and his whole family got saved. And even to this day, it happened about six months ago. I'll be driving into the city when I'm, you know, when I'm in town and, and I hear somebody yelling or whistling at me. And I'll look over and here he'll be just doing this to me. Just reminding me about that powerful day of what God did in his arm. And you know what? When I see that testimony, I'm just reminded about faith. A lot of us. Our, our conscience are cleared by just doing something for God. But he's looking for faith. 
Are you insecure? Are you conscious of everybody else? Are you nervous? Are you looking at everyone else on the internet? Are you comparing your life to everybody else's? Because that's not going to allow you to cultivate an avenue of faith. God wants your faith to be stretched. It's time for you to step out and believe. It's time for you to pray. It's time for you to declare with boldness. It's time for you to stand up for your faith. It's time for you to be a witness everywhere you go. Come on. It was crazy. One time I had one of our head ushers. Somebody at his job started coming to the church, and he didn't know. He didn't even invite him. And when this guy got saved, he came to me and said, man, I can't believe so-and-so is in the church. I said, oh, so-and-so is one of our head ushers. He said, the way he acts at his job, you wouldn't think he's a Christian. He curses. He says dirty jokes. He says bad things. How are we going to be a Christian when that's how we act? How are we going to be believers if we can't be a light at our workplace? We wonder why the gospel's not transforming this earth. It's because you're two-faced. It's because you're two different people. That's not ever-increasing faith. God wants you to be powerful in and out of your job, in and out of your family, in and out of your school. You have to be the same person. And our faith needs to stretch. Today is about your faith stretching. Today is about you taking risks. Today is about you believing, sowing, trusting, stepping out of that boat because we are not going to walk on water unless we step out of that boat. That's what faith is in our lives. And I'm going to tell you the two things coming up that every single person on this planet needs to stretch your faith. Remember, God wants to take your faith just like that gym and stretch your faith muscle. I promise you, you're going to be stronger, more powerful, filled with more courage and more boldness when this broadcast is done. Because today, God has a prophetic word for you about stretching your faith. He loves you, but he's not content to leave us in the same place that we are. So coming up after the break, two things, get you notepads, get ready, that we all need to stretch our faith. Come on, coming up next. Are you ready to ignite your faith? Then look no further than Pastor James Levesque's new book, Fire, Preparing for an End-Time Outpouring. This book contains 12 principles that will unlock the power within and cause you to walk in a new level of boldness and power. For a suggested donation of only $12.99, we will send you a personal autograph copy. Log on to jameslevac.org and get your copy today. You want to get that book, it'll change your life. Listen, we're talking about stretching your faith. Every Christian needs your faith stretched, our faith stretched. And that's what happens. People say, look, look, faith is not going to knock on the door one day and be like, here I am, I've grown. That's not how it works. Our faith actually grows. It's ever increasing like the scripture we just read. We, you know, there's... There's two things that I believe we absolutely must have to stretch our faith. It's, if you want to talk about the ingredients for stretching your faith, these are the essentials for stretching your faith. The first thing we need, and nobody wants to talk about it, your faith is stretched by a need. I said it, a need. We don't like that. You know what we like? Fluffy, fluffy. We don't realize, like, in this life, there's persecutions. In this life, you know, challenges happen. You might get a bad doctor report. Needs. 
we really don't get it. But the truth is needs pull on heaven. We have these deficits in life will cause us to like live on purpose. I remember hearing um, Darlene Sheck from Hillsong, powerful hero to so many, you know. I remember hearing her talk about overcoming her cancer battle. And she said something that most people wouldn't understand. Of course, she hates sickness. She's glad it's gone. But she said this. It was almost like she kind of missed that time. Not that she would want to be sick again, but she realized that it drew her closer to God. And she remembered going through it. Our son was born deaf, our little boy Luke. Of course, I believe he's going to get a miracle. But I remember how hard it was for us, right? I hate the devil. I hate sickness. My mother was born deaf. And I saw this in my life. And let me tell you something. It brought us closer to God. It caused us to cry out. We don't like need. We don't like problems. We don't like sickness. I hate it all. But you know what the Bible says? He takes the precious from the worthless. He gives us beauty for ashes. As long as you're on this earth, we're not exempt. Nobody exempt from trials. Nobody is exempt from, you know, conflict or, you know, although I don't ever believe we should be sick. If we do get sick, we can overcome it and realize that there's something greater. We struggle with need. We don't like need, but we can't, we have to live on purpose. We can't just, you know, pretend it's not there, right? A lot of older people in the faith, they would almost call it faith. I don't ever want to say it. I don't want to say what, I, bro, you got a cold. Let's curse this thing. Why are we walking around all scared? I'm the guy like, look, let me get the wrong gas bubble. I'm going to go to the doctor and curse this thing. You understand? I don't want, the devil lives in the dark. And if we're scared to go to the doctor or we're scared to find out what's going on, that's a problem. I don't, I'm not, my faith isn't in medicine, but I'm saying put it in front of me so I can curse it. What is going on? Let's believe God for healing and see a miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. It's what happens when you have a need. So today, I want you to realize that stop looking at your need as an intruder. It's not. God will use it. The disciples went to just like, why are they sick? Who, who was at fault? We always try to find fault every time something's not working. Maybe it's that God is using it to have an opportunity for breakthrough. It's all perspective. We look in needs as intruders and we get upset and, you know, and, and then we start like getting in the flesh. I remember when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, remember? The disciples were like, uh, how are we going to do this? And at one point, Philip was like, if I added up all the salaries in the room and we still couldn't afford it, that's the opposite of faith, right? When there's a need, either you depend on the Lord and the word of God, or we start getting in our own flesh, and that's what Philip did. Philip said, how am I going to do this? How is it ever going to happen? That is not faith, the truth is Jesus can see, he knows the end from the beginning, but he's given us a part to play in faith so we can see breakthrough happen by his hand. I remember hearing a story one time, the power of belief. There was somebody that went to, I heard Pastor Larry Stockstill one time say that there was somebody at the Bethany World Prayer Center in Louisiana, and, and they, were, they were like a salesman or a businessman, and they heard Reinhard Bonnke say, look, if we had a million dollars, we would go do this crusade in Nigeria, be millions of souls. He sat in that service. He didn't have a lot of money. But he said, God, if I had that million dollars, I would give it. And guess what happened? That one thought in the back of the room. He went to his job the next day. It was a sales job. He never made much money. And all of a sudden, they changed their bonus structure. And they said, you know what's going to happen? Uh, 
Uh, we're going to make it one bonus. It could even be up to a million dollars. He raised his hand, went to his boss. He said, I'm going to get that money, and I'm going to tell you who to write the check to. You don't think I would tell you this story, and he didn't get the money, right? Sure enough, he won. They all applauded him, and he went to his boss, and he said, please cut the check right to the ministry. And the, and the ministry said, you know, we'll put you on the plane. You can come to Nigeria. And this man, who never really made that much money, gave a million-dollar check for souls. I tell you the truth, that harvest that they saw in Nigeria will always be accredited to his account. What did that? The need. We have a million dollars that we need to raise. If you believe God, we'll see that need filled. Stop looking at it as a problem. Start looking at need as an opportunity of faith, because that's exactly what it is. When we start believing that these things that have happened are directly going to be connected to breakthrough, we'll stop looking at needs as a problem. So the first thing we, we have to have, the essentials of faith is need. The second thing is a dream. Wow. Bible says Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Are we, is our faith being stretched by a dream? What are you dreaming about? I'm talking about for God. I'm not talking about in this earth and you want all this stuff for yourself and you have all these fleshly desires. Rubbish. I'm asking you spirit to spirit, what are your dreams? What are you believing for God to accomplish through your life? What are you believing when you die? How is this earth going to be different because you were here? That's what a dream is. And so few people today, Christians, should never be. They're like the living dead. They're walking around with no hope, living by default. Oh, you know, it's like Eeyore. Thanks for noticing me. It's just like they're happy to be here. That's not an overcomer. That's not somebody that is excited for life, that wants to see God change this world through them. What are you dreaming for? Think about it. What are the dreams in your heart? It's all a dream. This broadcast was a dream that God put in our hearts years ago through prophetic words, le legitimately. I remember two summers ago, we had a guest speaker come to the church. And, and uh, we were, it was a powerful meeting, miracles, signs and wonders, packed out church. And we went into the office and he said to me, I got a prophetic word for you. It might not make sense. All I keep seeing are giant televisions. I'm like, okay, I don't really need a big screen TV, but football season's coming. He said, no, no, no. I feel God is calling you to television. Man, that's the first time I ever heard this. I'm not talking about YouTube. I'm not talking about Facebook videos. God is calling you to television. That was pretty specific. I never did it. I've never been involved. How do I know how things work? But it was a seed that God put in us to go, maybe I am called to, maybe there's something in me that is called to television. My book launched. I started going doing TV shows for other people, and they all said, man, you're a natural. I feel like you were created for television. Oh, how long have you been doing this? I'm like, never. My first interview, man, you must, be, you must have done hundreds. I'm like, this is my first one with a face full of makeup that they probably didn't do right now that I know how things should be. I was looking all kind of fake. But the point was it was a dream in God's heart for us. And then right after that prophetic word, we went to the restaurant. Well, it was a casino. Obviously, I would never gamble. We were eating at the restaurants. And when I went, guess what? I walked in with my friend right after that word. It was so weird. Everybody's walking around with big televisions, literally, like zombies walking around with flat screens. I couldn't believe it. My friend said, there's the confirmation. I ran up to somebody. I said, wait a minute, buddy, why is everybody walking around with TVs? He said, oh, the casino's opening up a new hotel. And guess what? We're giving TVs away. And here's what was crazy. 
The new hotel would open in 2020. They gave 2,020 TVs away. We weren't even near 2020. But God knew that would be the day, the year that we would launch this broadcast ministry to go around the world. Isn't that crazy how God works? It's a dream. I'm not talking about your selfish desire. I'm not talking about trying to be known or, no, forget that stuff. I'm talking about the kingdom. You need a dream. A dream pulls on faith. And if you don't have anything you're believing for, you're not, you're not going to get there every single time. It's a dream. A dream in, the God, in God's heart. You know, the Bible says, that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And I love this. It says, your young men will see visions. And I love this scripture. Your old men and women will dream dreams. Two things. My generation, you were the generation under me, the younger generation. You better start having a fresh vision of Christ, please. This jacked up Jesus, your servant, man, that know. I'm talking about you need a real encounter with God. You need a real vision of God, signs and wonders, power, not this pansy Christ that's being preached and all this seeker sensitive. Man, get out of here. We, look, we are in a day of such evil and craziness. We need the raw power of the gospel. We need young people to have encounters and visions like never before. But at the same time, God is looking for those that are older, and I say that in full respect and honor. God is looking for those to dream dreams again. When I am looking for what God wants to do in this final hour, you know one of the signs of revival to me, it's not going to be extended meetings. It could be. It's not going to be just laughter and miracles. It could be. You know what I'm looking for? People to dream again. Come on, come on. You over 50 crowd, I'm talking to you. It's time to dream again. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and old men and women will dream dreams. What does that mean? That doesn't mean when I was 14, I dreamt of ravioli and now I'm 58 and I'm dreaming. No, that means the dreams that God gave you in your heart, you're picking back up again. That's what that means. And so I'm telling you, we need to have dreams. Because when the storms of life come, here's what happens. All we try to do is just get through the storm and we flip on the survival switch instead of the dreaming with God switch and we miss it. It's time to dream again. I can't let go of it. I can't even get off this subject. There, you're watching here today. I'm telling you right now, and God wants you to dream again. You know, maybe, you're, maybe you haven't dreamt in a while. Maybe you are that older generation. Man, I know you are. God is saying today it's time to dream again. It's time for you to lift your hands right where you are in your homes and say, Father, I want to dream again. Come on, do it. Lift your hands. I'm serious. God is right moving. I feel the Holy Ghost. Lift your arms to heaven. Father, I want to dream again. Lord, I pray you would fill the people with your dream. God, I pray you said in your word in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God, I pray that the young people would see fresh visions and the older in the faith would see, have dreams again. Ignite the dreams in the heart of your people. I feel a resurrection of dreams coming. I feel today is a day that you're coming alive. I feel that faith is rising within you. And I'm telling you, get ready for opportunities to pray for people, to speak, to pray with others, to see your children come to Christ. It's time that your faith is stretched. And dreaming is going to be essential to this end time outpouring. The plan of God in your heart is going to be coming forth in the days ahead. I'm so excited and seeing and hearing about that journey unfolding in you. It's time to dream again. Amen. Come on. We love you. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast. We'll see you next time. Continue to break through.